we like to keep a timer here so we know what we're doing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. Is that kind like of a real TV show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's going All right, okay. Hey, everyone. I'm Darcy. Welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm here with Kyle. Yes. We are here at the ASQ uh, Houston Regional Quality Conference. I had to look at my cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was ASQ. Um, and we are interviewing Jennifer Rodriguez, although she says it much prettier than I say it. <laughs> Jennifer Rodriguez. There we go. With Pretty Cuba. close. <laughs> <laughs> with Cuba Pharma. And you're a manager of corporate quality systems. That's correct. Yes. So what does that mean for you? In today's global economy, Quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. So I manage all of the rules, procedures, all of the processes related to the quality management system. Okay. So I am corporate, so my uh, my role is to make sure all of the sites comply with the standards. Okay. So because I'm the corporate, everybody has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So we have other locations, other sites, and I'm here in the Sugarland location, which is the corporate offices. So okay. I'm responsible to maintaining all of our um, ISO standard procedures, right. uh, FDA 21 CFR um, requirements. Okay. Uh, I participate also in the self-inspection program that is kind of like internal audit program right. mm -hmm. and, and pretty much does, does in general. So what part of what we try to get across in the podcast here is like truly how much quality management impacts every industry, every business, everyone's life is impacted by this. So I guess for the folks out there, tell us a little bit about what, uh, what kind of products do you all produce? Yeah, so we are a compounder. Okay. Yeah, so we are a 503B compounding facility. Okay, uh, Kyle might know what that means. He's nodding his head. Yes. But I don't, and maybe some of our listeners yeah, don't. Yeah, most folks so, won't know what compounding is. They just think they get something at the pharmacy. Yeah, so what does that mean? Yeah, so our customers are hospitals. Mm -hmm. So what we, what we do is we provide a service that is ready to be used. So you are in the hospital. You're going to be about to be delivered a baby. Okay. okay? So they need something now mm -hmm. that is complies with the standard. So it's a sterile. Mm -hmm. It has it has been tested for endotoxin. It has been tested for the potency, mm -hmm. and it complies with. It's just ready to be used. It's in a in a syringe form or it's in a bag form, and it's just. We the hospital doesn't have to spend the time or the resources to prepare that medicine for the patient. Okay. So what okay. we deliver to the hospital is a medicine ready to be used. And okay. ready to be used with, a, with a something really is important. We test for endotoxin potency and sterility. Okay. So we verify that the product that is gonna be used right now, it, you know, it meets all of the specifications that you maybe would have done in the hospital. But they don't, you know what, hospitals have to dedicate put the resources where they need to be. Mm -hmm. With the doctors, with the patients, with the service they mm -hmm. provide. Right. For them to be compounding medicine, that's not what they do. Mm -hmm. So we provide a service. So Makes is sense. it all medicine that the hospitals use or just specific ones, like the fluids that you get out of your bag or? 
So we have bags, we have syringes, we have cats. So we have a wide range of products. Mm -hmm. um, and also we provide a medicine that is on a short list. So right. medicine that it cannot be readily purchased in the market, gotcha. we can so provide they need something very specific. Yes. So instead of the hospital keeping just tons and tons of inventory and managing it and worrying about the dates and the sterility, they can just find. Okay. Exactly, and it is provided in the doses mm -hmm. and in the potency and in the mm -hmm. all of these requirements ready to be used. So I'm curious, what are some of the, the top problems you run into? Like you know, you talk about all these quality management standards. What, what type of problems do they help you prevent? So if you have a good quality management system, you have products and standards or processes that are in control. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to make sure the product that I'm telling you mm -hmm. is with the right potency, for example. Mm -hmm. It has the right labels. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine if your doctor is about to give you a medicine and it does not have the right label? You might be taking medicine oh, that right. is not right for you. Right. So the That's doctor really knew what they were supposed to, exactly. but it wasn't Exactly, it wasn't labeled right. So maybe we did a, so that's critical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Labeling, packaging. Mm -hmm. So our employees follow this process, this quality management system, and we have all of the controls to provide a good service. So that's pretty much what the quality management system so provides. So y'all create the medicine there, or y'all no. order it and we, then package it yes, and label it? Yes, oh, okay. that's correct. Yeah, so we don't manufacture, we get our API, uh, and, and we put them in the right doses and in the right packaging to be delivered to the customer. Okay. Very interesting, very interesting. So you are kind of like a pharmacy for the hospital. Kind of an in-between, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So you talk about the, the 21, what, 21 CFR? What is that? Yes, okay. yes, 21 what, CFR. What's that? So everybody understands ISO 9001. Right. So that's our <laughs> Bible. That's right. the rules. Right. Well, in the pharmaceutical world, the regulations and the standards are the 21 CFR. Okay. So... Um, when you are, for example, I work also in oil and gas, they, I, you will register and you will get your quality management system certified by ISO or by API. So there is a difference between the API that I mentioned and this API. Right. Mm -hmm. So this API that I'm mentioning right now in oil and gas industry mm -hmm. is American Petroleum Industry. Right. Mm -hmm. When I talk about the other API in pharmaceutical, it's the active product ingredient. Ah. <laughs> so we use a lot of, yeah, Words this is a problem, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. So for, for the company that registered to this ISO or this API, mm -hmm. they come to you to your facility and they audit you. Mm -hmm. They make sure right. that you are following the standards. So for the pharmaceutical, the same thing. FDI okay. comes to you, but this is a little different. They come to you whenever they want. Mm. <laughs> they just come to your door. No cramps. They don't, yeah, it's not like how they call you. Can you? You know, no, no. It's not a schedule. Right. right. So it's a little bit different. The industries. So the requirements are different. Well, you have to, to be ready. Yes, and it's really important because you're talking about medicine. You're talking right. about food. You're right. talking about things that I can kill a person. Well, actually, oil and gas too. You know, if you don't yeah. have right. an explosion. More, right. It could be a little more immediate in the healthcare. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. So uh, for we. A pharmaceutical FDI just arrives to your facility and your quality management system and your processes and your people and your product has to be ready for yeah. them to inspect anytime. They can yeah. just arrive at any time and they start the inspection. So mm -hmm. the 21 CFR and we have different sections, but for example, 820 is the part that talks about the quality management system requirements. Okay. Okay. So that's 
pretty much a similar standard to an ISO 9001-2015 that is mm -hmm. right now, the, the one that pretty now much everybody uses. My own point of curiosity yes. is from how it's structured and how it's worded, because the, uh, the API Q1 and Q2 yes. Yes, yes, yes. and the ISO 9001 yes, are yes. really similar. They are. How are we talking about similarities here when you move to the, this? The yes. CFR is the federal government. Yes. CFR is what code of federal regulations. Correct. So it's like, Correct. These are the government <laughs> laws and rules. Yes, yes, they are. They how's, are. How's it compare? It is. It is really similar. It okay. is really similar. So we do have more requirements in terms of depending of if you are a medical device, mm -hmm. if you are. A, for example, the ones that are manufacturing the, the medicine, mm -hmm. or if we are 503B. So right. the, those requirements in terms of the processes mm -hmm. or the product that you are delivering might be different. But in terms of the quality management system, it's pretty much the same. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the sections, for example, you have control of documents, you have audit program. So it's the same. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar. But you know, like API Q1, you mentioned API Q1 yeah. and Q2 for services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people try to make it a little bit bit more specific. For example, right now they have more risk management exactly. requirements, or you have to uh, audit your suppliers. Now it's a requirement on certain right. regulations. But in terms, you need to control your supplies. How you control it is up to you. But it's, yeah, mm -hmm. the requirements are really similar. Okay. It's not well, much difference. It kind of stands what I told folks for us. There's, there's only so many ways you can actually build it. Now the details can change dramatically, but Correct. there's only so many ways at the top you can organize it. Yes. Okay, so that's interesting. Very cool. You got anything else? I mean, I you've got so. to get to, uh, you have a presentation here in just a few minutes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Any so, other questions? I think that's No, it. I, I think this it's is fascinating. Cool. It's fascinating just to see how, just such wide range of uh, a fields. I don't think people really understand how much, you know, Kyle kind of pulled me into this business and I don't really know a lot about, I'm, I've learned a lot in the last year, yes. but um, people don't realize how much quality affects our lives. No. Yes. You know, the easiest way for me to explain what we do to people is, you know, manufacturing facilities, oil and gas follow a standard, but, you know, it's the medicine you're getting at a hospital too, and it's many other things we've discussed. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's all, all very fascinating. We'll, we'll make sure to leave uh, your info in the show notes as well, but I uh, really, really appreciate your time and yeah. good luck with your presentation. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. All right, hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers, here with- Kyle Chambers. I didn't know if you were gonna finish your drink in time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are at the ASQ Houston Regional Quality Conference, and we have another guest on our podcast. We have Aaron Urban, who is a certified Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, and a certified, oh wait, I lost my place. It's professional okay. and leadership development yeah. coach. <laughs> I, know, I was trying to pick out the uh, acronyms and figure out what they stood for. So, anyways, um, she stopped by and Kyle kind of started talking mm -hmm. to her. And I think we were going to talk about soft skills and leadership. Mm -hmm. Soft skills, ignoring them has hard consequences. I know. Yeah. That is true. And it's funny because Kyle and I were just talking about how, oh, yes, well, let's just go in, do this culture change. Yeah. And Let's tell them what to do. Exactly. And oh, by the way, here's our 20-step program and a bunch of forms to fill out exactly. and we know best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Folks have asked me before, like, well, what's the hardest part about the job? Or like, what's the easiest to your service or hardest your services to sell? I'm like, oh, consultation is a hard one across the board. Because you, you are. You're asking folks to, to change effectively how they fundamentally operate and do business. It's all for the better. And it's yeah. not as terrible of a change as I make it sound right there. But... 
Yeah, you can't just you can't just step in and start telling people what to do. It doesn't work. Exactly. And people are very emotionally attached yes. to how they do work right now. I mean, think about it. If somebody came into your house tomorrow mm-hmm. and said, oh, hey, how you do everything, wash clothes, doing dishes, it's all wrong. You make your bed wrong or don't make your bed. Now you need to make your bed. Whatever right. that looks like, it's emotional for you. It is. And at work, we're emotionally attached to those processes. Mm-hmm. So as a quality professional or a continuous improvement professional, you come in, have to honor what is there right yes. now and understand it yes. before we make change. Yep. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, increase that know, like, and trust factor. Because when you come in to a new role or a new mm-hmm. situation or a new project or anything new with new people involved, you have to create basically a, a credible presence. Yeah. Are you a credible? Are you someone they can trust? Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard. And um, you know, the first uh, the first couple of consultation jobs that I got, I got a uh, a false sense of uh, what it would be like. Because rather than coming in and kind of setting up something from the ground up, these folks had bought like this ISO in a box type solution. It was kind of what you're talking about. It was like, here's every form you need. Here's every procedure you need. Ditch everything you've ever done before. Do what we tell you to. Just add water and some ISO. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so I came in and they were just desperate for someone to help them with their business. And so those kind of give me this false sense of what it, uh, what it would be like. Um, and, and since then, I found that, you know, it's uh, getting, getting those folks by and it's, it's just, it can be a real, real challenge. Real challenge. Oh, particularly, yeah. I mean, face it, nobody likes change. No. Not really. I found there's kind of a, and I like your, your take this, but there's, there's like a spectrum kind of, of change. Some folks are really really embrace it and they like almost any new idea and they're willing to run with it but it seems like probably 80% of the rest of the population is just harshly resistant. Right. Uh, I think there's a, a, a curve of that. Actually, you have your early innovators. Mm-hmm. Those people are arguably a small spectrum of the population but those right. are the people who if the new iPhone comes out they're in line at 2 a.m. the next morning, you know, right. the previous morning. But you have your early innovators, and then you have your, you know, those people are like, okay, well, let me think about this, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably a good idea, and that's probably 25, 20, 15 percent. And mm-hmm. then you have those people who are like lagging indicators, mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. folks are like, I need to see this work first. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you have that last group, and they are dragging the anchor. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. So how do you get, how do you get through that? Mm-hmm. With uh, well, I guess let's take a step back. So when when you come into a new new organization, like how do, how do you first get the folks on board? Because really, you only have that that first chance to really get a good impression. How do you make the most of that? Well, I think what you should do is tell them all about how many credentials you have. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got all these Microsoft shirts, and so you, you need to trust me because I'm smarter than you. Right. You absolutely should trust me because I know more than you. Yeah. That always goes over well. The very first thing. Okay, let's let's break it down the brass tacks. It doesn't matter really what you're doing when it comes to engaging people. It basically boils down to your likability. Okay. Are you likable? And that is based on the de- behavior you demonstrate. There's a difference between coming in and saying, 
Oh, hi, my name's Aaron, and I'm a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, and I'm a CPLCD, body, 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 blah. Right. Versus, hi, my name's Aaron, and I know a little bit about Lean, and I'd love to learn what you what you're doing here yeah. and more about what your mm-hmm. processes uh-huh. is and your, your challenges and your concerns and your needs. In other words, I care right. about yeah. you Yeah. Right. versus I care about making me look smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely true. So what about, you, you mentioned these folks are kind of lagging at the tail end mm-hmm. and whether you're in a consultation role or manager or you know, taking on a new position, whatever it is, these folks are everywhere you go. Saboteurs. How do you, how do you handle that without, in my experience, I wind up spending over half my energy on like 2% of the employees. How do you avoid doing that? Cause it's easy. That's a good question. And conventional wisdom that is taught right now would tell you, Hey, don't focus on the lagging uh, indicators. Those anchor draggers focus all your energy on those people who are on board, who get it, or even need a little bit of convincing. But here's the thing. (laughs) You have to understand who these people are because Mm -hmm. they can be your project saboteurs. Mm -hmm. And if you identify a project saboteur, you want to be their best friend. Ah, I like that. Yes, so you over-communicate to them. You are over, you, during your interviews with that person, mm-hmm. you ask more questions. And even if they're pushing back and, uh, with illogical responses, it's not our business to tell them they're wrong. It's our business to hear them out, listen to their concerns. Now, I think that bears repeating, because that's, that's a tough one. So it's not our job telling them they're wrong, just to listen. All you need to do is shut up (laughs) and listen. And then throughout the project, you want to communicate with this person arguably more than anybody else or persons, Mm -hmm. if it's more than one, more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because if they are in a position where they can sabotage your project and you ignore them, that could be to your detriment. Yeah makes sense how do you avoid getting sucked in and spending an inordinate amount of time with these folks establish a process I know that comes as a strange thing to hear from someone who's a continuous improvement professional (laughs) process what yeah yeah establish a process really it doesn't have to be I I think I think mentally we make it a lot bigger than it actually needs to be it's just okay how often do I communicate with them what type of communication do I do and what does that look like am I just simply swinging by in the morning while if I'm a consultant I'm on site Mm -hmm. saying hey Tom how you doing how's the kids building that rapport and that relationship that you're a real person just a little bit of planning just a little bit of planning it doesn't take that much you'd be surprised how much a little bit can impact the positively positively impact your project and it sounds like not making ever every interaction about the project right get to Absolute. know them on a personal Ooh, yeah, level yeah you need to get to know them in person they're <laughs> real people <laughs> not just a title yeah, yeah that's important and that that can be a tough one though for folks in our line of work because uh m- most folks are come into quality because they're really good at details or even like the higher level engineering positions are just really good at the details right and that doesn't translate well well from a behavioral science standpoint most of the people who are attracted to quality and or continuous improvement positions are your data folks you're on the the disc spectrum you'd be a c type Mm -hmm. 
and analytics, processes, a logical progression to things, organization is great. We love that stuff. <laughs> However, we're not quite so drawn to being the social butterfly. You right. have to know, like, Seems and trust like I know somebody like that. <laughs> I try hard. I try hard to overcome it. But, but you're preaching to me in a lot of this. Yeah. So I try hard. You're just giving him a little <coughs> session right now. Yeah. <laughs> or a sidebar coaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I uh, definitely found that out the hard way when I first tried to implement a lot of this at, uh, you know, my old company, and because I was a I was an IT manager, and so you go from being an IT manager to suddenly helping folks out with health and safety, whew, that's a crash course right there. I'll say. <laughs> hey, here's your people course. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a process too. So hey, good news is you like processes. But oh yeah. A process, and it, it is. And here's the thing. As a coach, I will tell you this. Give yourself balance. So when you are spending time getting to know people and networking and building that know-like trust factor, it will drain you. Yes. Quite frankly. Build in time to recharge with those things that give you energy. Okay. Create a balance. Because if you're continually putting out this energy and draining yourself... Right all the time without allowing that balance and getting that recharge, you will be miserable yeah. at the end of the day. Well, and, and folks like me who naturally are not the more social, outgoing uh, person, uh, it'll drain me way faster than it'll drain Darcy here. Mm-hmm. Like Darcy can, you know, she'll last way longer than I will. And <laughs> got more sticking power. Yes. In a social situation, yes. talking about processes and audits, I don't last Oh yeah, too she'll long. burn out real fast This, this is me falling asleep. Yes. <laughs> So we're, 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 a good, we're a good pair. We're yeah, a good pair. Do um, you have any questions? I don't think so. No. Do um, you have anything you want to kind of leave folks with or any ideas that, uh, that, that are big on your mind right now? Well, just keep in mind that small incremental changes can make a big difference. So we don't need to adopt all these massive new habits or new way of being or new personality. Right. All we need to do is make small incremental changes, tweak a few things, maybe adjust our perspective slightly. Right. And it makes a huge impact on your effectiveness. No, I definitely, definitely agree. How can uh, folks find out more about you if they, they want to learn more? Great question. So I'm Aaron Urban. I'm the owner and founder of upsolutions.com. Okay. Or .net, rather. Sorry, can't even get my own website right. <laughs> and <laughs> wait, wait, I want to make sure we get It's UPP Solutions. Solutions with an S. It's not just I have an U- easier one for you, however. Okay. Because I'm kind of smart and I do learn by feedback. <laughs> if you want to find me, I'm coacheurban.com. Oh, oh, there we go. No, that's that's easy. easy. That's easy. That's easy. Awesome. <laughs> You got anything else? I don't think so. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks.